0: intense thrilling electrifying sport on the planet mixed martial arts you've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it the search is over this is the mma anomaly show no filter Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano.
1: What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another beautiful episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, as always, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. With me, as usual, is the co-host with the most, Jive Turkey, Nano. How we doing, Nano? How'd the travels go this week?
2: Oh, man, it was a fantastic trip, brother. Thank you for asking. Great to be back. I was in Mexico, San Miguel de Allende, to be exact. Beautiful town. Highly recommend y'all looking it up on TikTok or the YouTubes or wherever you get your uh, content at. But brother, it was fantastic, man. A lot of tacos, a lot of good meals, a lot of cervezas, uh, and a lot of fun, man. Uh, glad to be back, though. We a lot of news, an exciting, exciting fight card. But for now, we got to make sure we recap this exciting weekend that I had because there was uh, two good events that we need to discuss
1: of freaking Uh It was a fantastic weekend in the world of combat sports. We had, as you said uh, so brilliantly, we had a lot of stuff going on. Oh, there we go. Shed some light on the subject. Turn this one in. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. Much better. Um, so we have a lot to go over, as you said. We have a lot to discuss. There was not only a pretty fantastic UFC um, event, but there was also... A pretty entertaining. Uh, I wouldn't say the most highly skilled matchups in the world in the world of influencer boxing, but boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, um, there was an entertaining fight night to say the least. So we are going to go ahead and jump into what you're known uh, you know us for the most here, uh, and that's MMA talk. We're going to go ahead and jump right into the UFC card. What we got right, what we got wrong. There were some things I guess 280, and there were others. Um, well, not so much. Uh, so. That being said, we'll go ahead and start off at the bottom of the card here. Um, Nano, man, we I think we both agreed on this one for a change. We said Emily Ducote was probably going to go in there and give Ashley Yoder, the spider monkey, a, a bit of a hard time. Um, but before we address how right we got that, Mad Max Meridian, welcome back to the chat, brother. And you are absolutely right. Olin is gas from all that Thai kicky foot. Um, it's a fact, man.
2: Super It'll gas. get you. <laughs> It'll get you. Sneaks up on you.
1: <laughs> but Three yeah, classes man, this, this a- week, you know, we're we're grinding, baby.
2: Let's go. Love to hear it, baby. y'all? That's it, baby. Get that sweat in. Oh. Every every limb is a weapon. Let's go. Great movement, brother. Love to see it. This was a fun one to start the card though, man. Yeah, definitely. Um Emily decate did just enough to edge it out, right? I mean, it was just a little bit more active each round. Was lean the dance. And uh, definitely was just a little bit more well-rounded when it comes to uh, landing to the head, ripping the body, and even chopping out the legs. Man, the 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 three peat, the triple crown. You like to say. Uh, what did you think of the fight, brother?
1: Personally, I thought the fight was. Uh, I mean, pretty fantastic. Uh, you know, as far as. Competition goes. I didn't think it was one way traffic at all. I thought uh, it, Ashley Yoder did what she could to stay in the fight, but Emily Ducote just seemed to be just a step ahead of her everywhere the fight went. Um, she made Ashley Yoder go 0 for 3 on takedowns while she herself went 1 for 1 on takedowns. That's 100% takedown um, percentage for those of you that are bad at math. Uh, so, again, she dictated the pace of the fight. She controlled where the fight would go at all points of the fight. And I mean, that's what you need to do. So, Won't dwell too much on that one. Uh, Moving into the next one, we had Chris Gutierrez, the man, the myth, the legend himself, coming in against Alatangali. Um, I thought that that fight was uh, pretty much one-way traffic. I thought Chris Gutierrez looked like just the better, more experienced man. And I mean, if, if you didn't know why they call him El Guapo, I hope you found out.
2: Absolutely. El guapo translates to uh, good looking, to handsome, or just in other words, looking great out there, looking fantastic. So muy guapo, this handsome guy, looked out there and had a handsome performance, most definitely. Um, and yes, I know that because you know I am Mexican. I did spend some time in Mexico recently, but just so you all know, guapo means good. Uh, but yeah, man, and he looked good out there. Not great. I think that is one of those things I was hoping to see maybe a little bit more from him. But it felt like he did just enough to, to get the job done here. Uh, over the three rounds, you know, landing over 100 strikes total, over 110 significant strikes. I think that just goes to show that everything he was landing was flush. He was able to really do whatever he wanted to throughout the entire fight, um, able to stuff some of those takedowns. But Ali Tang uh, Tang J. Lee uh, was able to <laughs> – sorry. Close, uh, that's Allah um, – you know, the, his opponent <laughs> was two for four for takedown. So again, you know, Guapa was able to do enough to um, stifle his defender there and ultimately get the job done, man. What were your thoughts on the fight? What were your takeaways?
1: Yeah, same. I mean, um, I, I will say that I agree with JJ smoke and welcome back to the chat, JJ smoke. We appreciate you being here. Um, I did think that Chris would have been able to finish him. However, Alatangley is a he's a beast man. He's 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 very solid. Even if he wasn't able to land the most shots in the world in that fight, he was able to withstand quite a beating, quite a thrashing. He uh, absorbed well over 100 strikes, folks, and he landed less than 40 of his own. So he ate 115 total strikes um, and across everywhere. Like he, he was eating leg kicks, he was eating body shots, he was eating head shots. It was bad. Um, but he did do really good in in my opinion. um but again, it's not the type of performance that's going to earn him a title shot or anything like that. And it's also over kind of an up and comer. So like to see him bounce back into the top fifteen. like to see him really get another name uh kind of handed to him and see what he's able to do against I don't want to say better competition, but um more experienced competition for lack of better words.
2: I agree 100% with that. And that's really where my uh, next name for an opponent would be here for. The 14 rank, C- Chris El Guapo Gutierrez. Uh, I do feel that uh, Ricky Simon is somebody that is a Grizzle veteran, a staple in the top 15. Certainly can be somebody that uh, has a lot of motivation uh, since his loss to Yadong Song earlier this year in April. Uh, but I do think if, if he's healthy, he ain't getting any younger, this would be a good matchup here for Chris um anybody above him i mean boy the the farther you go up the tougher it gets so that that feels like a good one again chris uh, gutierrez didn't look fantastic out there i think this would be a good stepping stone and that's no disrespect to ricky simon i think more so it's a fair next level of, of caliber opponent for him before he cracks gets a crack at the top 10 what are your thoughts brother
1: Yeah, no, uh, 100%
2: agree. Um, Ooh, okay, okay. Starting off on the right foot here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. Uh, jumping into the chat real quick. Mad Max Meridian did ask, does Gutierrez train with Martinez? Um, not to my knowledge. They may have trained together at some point uh, in, in their history of training. They but do. To my knowledge currently they don't train together. Do they? Um, they
2: do. They do. Oh. I did uh, hear this information on the and uh, Florian podcast. They are teammates. That is maybe why they look similar, but they wow. train together. There is some familiarity there. Yep.
1: Okay. Never mind. I I thought so Chris Gutierrez I thought trained at a factory X and um, I didn't think that's where Yana is trained out of but I could be wrong all right maybe they recently started training together Um, I know Yana is used to fight at a Metro Fight Club and I mean like man, I don't know yeah I'm I'm, I'm stumped Uh, I guess they do train together I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say Anik Florian wrong oh sorry 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 Gutierrez and Martinez. Okay. Sorry. I was, I was thinking of the wrong person. Him and Martinez. Okay. That makes a lot more sense because they yes, definitely uh, have similar fight styles. Okay. Yep. That's my bad. That was a mix up on, on, on my behalf. Fucking amateur hour up in here today, guys. Um. So yeah, I, I agree. I know <laughs> Um. I'm, I'm really not mad at a font match. I think a, a font matchup, makes a lot of sense i think that's a really really fun one rob font whoa coming in there against gutierrez why not man? both those guys like to bang and it'd be a fan favorite matchup
2: that is a fun one. Oh boy that that's is a fun one i like it
1: i personally feel like that'd be a really good one man
2: dominic cruz is somebody else that's floating around i know he wants to try to get a shot at the title but maybe he'd want to get a little piece of el guapo yeah i mean um just call this fight maybe he's like you know what i'll get a piece of this dude
1: <laughs> why not why not you know jump in there with him um a lot, oh, lot of fun names man fighting. Division. just kidding jj smoke said font Figueroa fighting so maybe he takes a loser of that fight there we go the Gutierrez gets the loser of font figgy i think that's a good one i don't like cruz versus el guapo i don't i don't like that matchup for cruz um, I feel like Fair. El Guapo would chew up the legs of Cruz and just debilitate the, the footwork. And that would just completely shut down Dominic Cruz. <laughs> so um, don't love that. I've seen Dominic Cruz get head kicked, knocked out in person and don't need to ever see that happen again um, as a fan. So moving into the next fight, let's talk about uh, where the night started to go wrong for us, guys. Um, Russian Ronda. Did not, did not get it done. Um, her striking looked pretty subpar. Uh, she looked pretty sloppy in there. She went one for four on takedown attempts. Uh, and I got to say, I mean, the most shocking thing about this fight wasn't Irina Alexeva letting me down. It was more so Melissa Dixon just showing up and showing out and showing off. Man, um, I just. Melissa Dixon, dude, she she went out there and she earned a fan in me, I'll tell you that. She landed 87 out of 148 strikes thrown, um, 52 of which were significant strikes landed. And again, she stuffed three out of four of Irina Alexieva's takedowns, which is exactly what you need to do against a gal who refers to herself as the Russian Ronda Rousey. Um, as far as what's next for Melissa Dixon... I don't know if she's top 10 caliber or even top 15 caliber right now, but I don't think that it's, it's crazy to say that she will be in the next two years. I hope that they don't Icarus her and fly her too close to the sun too fast, because I do unfortunately think that we would see her wings just burn apart and she'd come plummeting down um, and out of the UFC, a la JP base who just got cut from the UFC today. Uh, So I I don't want to see that. I'd like to see her fight somebody on the outskirts of maybe the top 20 in that division, Uh, I don't necessarily have any names in mind. I think there's a lot of fun matchups that make a lot of sense for her. Curious to hear your thoughts on how you saw that fight going.
2: Yeah, brother. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think we both obviously were leaning or assuming that uh, Melissa Dixon was not going to have a solution for the uh, Russian Ronda Rousey. Right. I mean, maybe we fell into the name. Maybe we didn't factor in that Ronda Rousey. Uh, did get pieced up by girls that knew how to box and knew how to uh, have a well rounded game. Guess we, uh, you yeah, know, the writing might have been on the walls. That is definitely on us. Eat the humble pie there. Um, pour up the shot here soon. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I think you, you don't feed her to the wolves just yet. I mean, she does have a good record there, undefeated. The bantamweight division, once you look past that top 10, to be totally honest, feels like it's pretty thin. I mean, we saw Misha Tate here ranked 12th. When is she going to fight? Is she going to fight? I mean, I wouldn't mind a little shake-up. Get an undefeated girl to uh, get some momentum and um, build around her potentially. Because Melissa did look good and was able to control uh, Russian Ronda Rousey over here. So, um, yeah, I don't have any names on the top of my mind. But overall, uh, Melissa Dixon definitely earned my respect.
1: Speaking of earning respect, we do have, you know, we, we, we own up to our bets here. We did put a shot on this one. We both thought Irina was going to get it done and well, big shocker. She did not. Um, So I I said going into that bet um, that I will never bet against Irina again after she proved me wrong in her first outing. So I'm just going to come right out and say it. um, So that way I have a, a reminder on the YouTubes and in the internets, send it hashtag to the internet uh or as the same cobra guy hash brown send it to the internet i'm just never gonna bet on an Irina alex Eva fight again unless she's fighting like valentina shevchenko and i just know she's gonna get murdered out there just leaving it alone just gonna leave it in the sand guys um it's like the yellow snow you know you just leave it alone don't mess with that
2: it's starting to hear it it may look so tempting but it. don't
1: yeah. do it it's like, is that lemonade? No, it's a bad choice. <laughs> no, not no. Far from it. It's not. It's not it's lemonade. Exact opposite. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Cheers Love to it. staying away from Irina, Alex, Eva uh, betting.
2: I Well, this next one's a more positive. I'll tell you that much.
1: Mad Max Meridian says, was that the Metal Gear alert sound I hear for a second? Maybe. <laughs> um, I do not own the rights to that sound. Please don't hit me with a DCMA strike. <laughs> uh, so continuing to move forward in this fight card. Um, speaking of earning respect, Terrence McKinney Came out there, and uh, just just like you see Nano flexing, um, I mean, the only way I can describe this and put it into words is, have you ever finished a can of ice-cold Coors Light, and then you put it on the ground, and you got a big old boot on, and you just smash it? That's exactly what that fight looked like. It was a can being crushed. Um, I, I want to see T-Rex get... Highly ranked opponents. Not, not like, I'm not saying like top 10, but somewhere between 11 to 18, I wouldn't be mad at. Like real talk for everybody in the chat, this like, for for those of you that lurk and, and never respond or never type in the chat, this is the one point in time that I need you to actually be active in the chat and say something. Okay, folks, just say yes or no in the chat. Before Saturday, Had you ever heard of or did you know who Brendan Marlott was? That's all I want to know. That's it. Just yes or no. Did you know who that guy was? I'm a diehard MMA fan, guys. I've got a fucking fake replica belt behind me on the heavy bag that's in my home office, guys. I didn't know who that kid was. I had to watch tape on him. So, like, Did did you know who that guy was?
2: I'm smiling over here to myself, and also shaking my head a little bit. But no, did not know much about the guy. Like said, how to do a little tape. Um, That's the name of the game. I mean, I know this UFC roster is getting deeper and deeper. We have our nine to fives, and you know, real life stuff here. It's hard to get around to everything, and sometimes it's hard to find tape on some of these people. Or you see some Cage FC or Alaskan FC or wherever they're coming from locally, Kansas City FC. Then you realize, yeah, I don't even know how relevant this is. So um, combat zone. Combat Zone. I mean, Lord, Lord knows how many other organizations are out there. So that's
1: where that's where Brendan the Kid lot came from. He came from Combat Zone. Um, yeah, sorry.
2: man. Yeah, to your point. To your point. I mean, hey, this this lightweight division is absolutely stacked. I mean, it is a murderer's row. If you look up and down the top twenty-five, top thirty, I mean, ranking MMA.com has Patty Pimblin at twenty-six. Terence currently sitting at thirty-eight. I mean, well, someone like a Clay Guide is in front of him. I guess maybe you gotta put a little more respect on Terrence McKinney here, but someone like a Nazrat Hacta Peros. I mean, hey, coming off two wins most recently against the and Kinonez. Um Jim Miller's still in the conversation. That's a fun name. That's a legend. Could get some respect against Terrence McKinney, although obviously the cop out's gonna be, oh, well, Jim's old, and how could you do that to an old man? Well, I don't know, fair <laughs> enough. Uh <laughs> then maybe an alexander hernandez somebody who most recently did take an l but is another big name um stars can align there but yeah obviously on the same card and all or no he fought last week my apologies um do you have any other names in mind though brother
1: so i have i have a couple names um I'm gonna be honest, Jim Miller, I think, is a fucked up name. I don't want that name anywhere near Terrence McKinney. Just because, like, not for like Jim Miller's sake. I feel like that's just a bad match for McKinney. I feel like Jim Miller, like, A was doing leg kicks before leg kicks were fucking cool. Like he immobilized, uh, was it Nate or Nick that he fought? It was Nate Diaz. He, he immobilized Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz looked at him like, what the fuck was that? Like it was, it was wild. When Nate ate that kick. Um, I remember seeing that. And that was probably the first time I visibly saw panic in Nate Diaz's fucking eyes. Um, But yeah. And here's the thing. Like he fucked up his own leg in the process, just like Mad Max Meridian said. But like he was he was landing whoppers of kicks. Right. Um, Again, before they were cool. I feel like he's a bad matchup for Terrence because things that Terrence does good is rush in, land solid power uh, and he does have like some wrestling negation but against low tier wrestlers i think one of three things would happen if you fought jim miller jim miller would either get a leg kick tko on him possibly get a a nasty submission on him or take him down and ground and pound the absolute fuck out of him um instead of that i think for terrence McKenny, uh i would rather see and i only have one name on my page here, I have Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres. After he recovers, obviously, from the broken arm that he got from fighting Higa Chikaze recently, uh, I think that'd be a great way for Terrence McKinney to break into the top 15. Um, Caceres is just right at the edge of the top 15 there uh, on the wrong side, and I think a win over an up-and-comer like Terrence McKinney would knock him right back into number like 13, 12, etc. But for Terrence McKinney, a win over fucking Alex Casares would arguably make him a name. Um, Cazares has been with the company for longer than Dustin Poirier. That's a fun fact. Uh, and that's well over a decade for both men, just so you know. So, I mean, come on.
2: Let's see. I like it. I like it.
1: <laughs> Mythical Fighter, Lyme Disease, free Jim Miller, all in five melt strikes again. Dude, straight up, I'm telling you right now, Lyme disease free Jim Miller is is a nasty motherfucker, bro. I can't believe he fought like that for so long.
2: I wish I were in that alternate universe. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Dude, like, um, yeah, I just think Jim Miller is a bad match for him. I do like Alex Caceres a lot. There, There's obviously a couple of other names that I think could make a lot of sense, but eh, for me, I'm I'm, I'm going to be stubborn and sit on that hill. I think Alex Caceres is just the perfect lineup.
2: Oh, JJ Smoke bring some smoke. Great to see you, brother. Caseras
1: is at 145, and T Rex is at 155. Though that's true, but Caseras, I thought went up to 155, didn't he? Um, oh, Jamie, on. pull it up. Did I botch this real quick? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Alex Caseras. Do 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 do. Bruce Leroy. Because I thought that fight with oh no, you're right. He's 145 the fuck am i smoking today <laughs> i All
2: wish right. i had what you're
1: having brother fair fair well uh if that's the case then um we'll come back to that one maybe not maybe not alex Casares. um let's see what jj said here i think they should rebook t-rex versus duncan chris duncan is that who you're talking about Yeah. I'm not mad at that. A different Leroy? <laughs> a, different, a different Leroy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not mad at Oh, Excuse me. Um, thank God I was able to mute it. Glad I did not want to uh, sneeze in you guys' ears. Uh, so, moving forward, uh, we're going to go ahead and skip the Tidera lisboa fight. Even though it was a a fun fight. It was a solid fight. Um, a, a little a little more wrestling than I expected it to be. A little more grapple heavy. Speaking of grapple heavy, though, can we just move forward and talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Darren, the Damage Elkins, coming in against downtown TJ Brown. no, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, my guy. You got a hot mic. What was your thoughts on this fight?
2: Let's go. Hey, man, Damage, uh, Lightning <laughs> tattooed. Darren Elkins here did a lot of damage, brother. It was a fun showing by him, most certainly. uh, Almost needed the full 15, but saw his opportunity before then. Didn't want it to go to the judge's hands. He said, you know what, I'm going to take care of his right now. I'm going to put TJ Brown out of his gosh darn misery, okay? Um, Darren Elkins, what can we say, man? He looked uh, put on a legendary performance. I don't know if you heard my little buzzing there. My apologies. Um, Landed a total of 95 strikes uh, through 146. I mean, what can we say? He had over eight minutes of control time, five for eight out of his takedowns. The boy was busy. The boy was busy. He was searching and looking for a way to inflict damage any way he possibly could. And he did a lot of that, man. So it was a great showing by him. Uh, Curious to hear your thoughts and uh, further breakdown and uh, analysis here. But also hear uh, what's next you think here for Darren, the Damage Elkins.
1: I think uh, when, when I think of Darren the Damaged Elkins I think of you know there's there's a quote from Dragon Ball Z I think Frieza was probably the first one to say it like this isn't even my final form um, and that's Darren Elkins to me like when he starts the fight like it's definitely not his final form when he's got a little blood trickling down his face it's not his final form when he's wearing the the, the fucking classic red mask the scarlet mask as they call it that's when you know he's reached his final form. And unfortunately for downtown TJ Brown, he couldn't even get him to, to I think, his third form. He couldn't even get him past that transformation, guys. Um, I really think Darren could have beat him at base form here. You know, no super saiyan needed darren is an absolute legend to the sport he's someone that's done this for a very long time the man has damn near 40 fucking fights under his belt and he's accrued quite a bit of octagon time he goes out there and i mean whether he wins loses or draws the man absolutely puts on a show and is willing to legitimately die out there to put on a show for us fans and he is uh the last one of the last of a dying breed in this sport so i Damn sure appreciate people like Darren the Damage Elkins. I will almost always, always bet a little bit on Darren. You got to. He's a fucking dog. He's a dog. Um, and that's why we love him. He's a dog. So he threw 95 or he threw 146 strikes, as you said. He landed 95 of those. He absorbed 45 strikes. Now, the crazy thing is he only landed 11 significant strikes. His opponent landed 15. But I mean, the crazy thing is, like, he only attempted 33 significant strikes, whereas his opponent attempted 50. Um, so there's a huge discrepancy in just accuracy overall, right? Overall accuracy, Darren probably looked better than he ever has. 65% clip. Are you fucking kidding me in an MMA fight? Wild, son. Love to see that shit. Uh, he looked fantastic out there. He went five for eight on takedowns. Again, over 60% accuracy. He landed at a 62% clip. On takedown attempts, when you get over five takedown attempts in there and you land 62% of those, son, I hope your opponent packed to lunch because they are going to be exhausted. Um, I say that as someone who loves to do Muay Thai. I love boxing. I love striking. I am not Mad Max Meridian in the chat, folks. I fucking hate Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I fucking hate grappling. Why? I, I mean, I love watching it. I know the techniques. But... And there's a difference between knowing it when you're watching it and knowing it when someone is choking your shit out. Uh, and it's not fun if you don't know how to respond to it in the moment. And I truly feel like a lot of people, when they're going at someone like Darren Elkins, it's the same when you're going against a striker and you're landing everything and the kitchen sink on them, and they're moving forward with that red face, smiling, just taking the damage, pun intended, guys. Uh, that's Darren Elkins, right? Like He'll eat it and just keep moving forward. He is a fucking T-1000. He is Skynet, bro. He is a Terminator, and he is determined. He is a Determinator. Uh, so love to see that performance. It was just, again, Classic fucking vintage Darren Elkins. And what do I think is next for Darren Elkins? um Honestly, there's a lot of options for Darren Elkins. And again, realistically, I do think that after a win like that, he should get somebody in the rankings. um I wouldn't be mad at seeing him fight like Lerone the Miracle Murphy or Dan Ige, being completely honest. Did you have a name on the tip of your tongue?
2: Man, this is an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, Darren Elkins, did looks solid out there. And uh, Father Time is definitely not on his side. That's the only thing. Being 39 years old, um, you'd know, you you'd want to see him maybe go up against somebody that's maybe within that realm. I don't know if uh, Cub Swanson's still fine or not or if he's already retired. But I, that, that name circled in terms of someone that's floating around that top 15-ish um or who's just a big name that would be fun to watch a score off against a darren elkins but um ah, man i don't have anybody else on on my man i mean there's this is a stacked division a lot of talent but all these guys i just look at and, and it's tough for darren to get a win through any of them but what do you think brother
1: yeah, I completely agree. And I also agree with Mad Max Meridian in the chat. TJ was Krillin impelled by the second form. Uh, absolutely facts, son. Um, if if TJ's best friend was hitting cage side, he probably went Super Saiyan. That's what the next matchup is going to be. He's going to fight the damage <laughs> for revenge. For revengeance. Um, no, I, again, I like I said, I, I think Danny Ige, or sorry, not Danny Ige, uh, Lee and the Miracle Murphy. Would be a really, really solid matchup for him. And, and yeah, Dan Ige. I think Dan Ige to be a really fun matchup for him too. Uh, Dan Ige is coming down the rankings a little bit. Lerone's coming up the rankings. But again, with a win like that, I do think Darren the Damage Elkins should and could get a win over him. Uh, so sign me up for that. Again, anytime that man fights, you can bet I'll be watching. Speaking of uh, times that you can bet we will be watching, my goodness! I may have been wrong about Cameron Simon. But fuck, I was not wrong about that being fight of the night, guys. Give those guys 50 G's because that was definitely fight of the night, guys. Um, I I literally like the, throughout the entirety of that fight, like these guys were throwing like spinning back kicks. They were throwing just like super hard shots throughout the fight. Like again, C-Rod landed 92 strikes, 83 of them were significant shots. Cameron Simon landed 87 strikes, 73 of them were significant shots. I mean, every time these guys were balling up their fists or spinning around and throwing their fucking legs, I was like, holy shit. what the fuck? it was honestly insane. Um, it was a fantastic match. I was sweating bullets. Uh, I really, really thought Cameron Simon, oh, I thought by the grace of God, he was going to pull it off in that third round. He, dude, he was pouring it on him in that third round. It was a fun fight. Um, but before I steamroll ahead, Nano. Tell us what you thought of Africa's very own Cameron Cyberman coming in against C-Rod himself. Ah,
2: man. Well, obviously, this one uh, this one hurt me real deep, man. Simon, I still believe will be the man, but uh, Saturday was not his night, unfortunately. Um, and I got to say, man, got to put an asterisk next to uh, Christian Rodriguez. There is obviously an elephant in the room, okay? <laughs> And uh, the truth of the matter was, he was, what, three pounds overweight? Come on, man. Come on, man. He missed weight. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I really I actually think have that's a question the-
1: for the chat. Can anybody point out one UFC fight where C-Rod actually made weight? If you can actually tell me a UFC fight where C-Rod made weight, uh, wait in the chat after the show and send me your address. I will send you a free fucking MMA anomaly shirt.
2: It's unacceptable. This guy's a featherweight signing up and dressing up as a bantamweight. Like, come on, this is ridiculous, man. Yeah. Like Mad Max is saying here in the chat, amateur hour. Unacceptable. And I think those three pounds, as most fighters would say, that's all the difference. One pound is all the difference, especially when you get to the last five to seven pounds here. And we're talking three additional. You hate to see it. This young kid might as well just move up. I don't care how good he looks at this division. And the reality is he did, like, darn good. I mean, he was leading the dance. He was able to stay within the pocket. And every time Cameron Simon tried to come in, Christian had something for him. I mean, he was finding the chin. He was able to get control, get on the ground, was uh, forcing submission attempts or really just posing that threat, which is more than enough to keep Cameron. Cameron on his back foot and, and really allowed Christian to carve out that path to a victory, man. It, it was a fun fight, like you said, back and forth. The numbers suggested as well, almost uh, as Mike Goldberg would say, virtually identical, uh, but very close. You know, again, the the difference here would have been Christian Rodriguez landing half of his takedowns, three out of six. Uh, but edging it out again on his feet was just leading the dance, finding the chin and all of his strikes, even though they're similar, just felt more impactful. And Simon was wearing it. And again, I just it's tough for me to compliment the kid when, again, you're just constantly missing weight. It's just unacceptable. You can't reward them. I don't know what you do with them. Maybe you just put them in the back pocket, wait until you absolutely need them. Um, But it's tough for me to say what's next. I mean, they are still young, which, again, just tells you, you might as well just move up a weight class, give it a shot, see how it feels and then just settle in there would be probably my recommendation for the kid. But what do you think,
1: brother? I think I have to look up a fight to see if uh, JJ Smoke just won a free fucking t-shirt. Let's <laughs> go. Oh, the Joshua Williams fight was in the UFC. All right. All right. JJ Smoke. Um, nice. <laughs> send, me, send me a Twitter DM uh, with your address and I will send you a shirt. And uh, make sure you send me your size too and whatever color you want it in. Uh, so apparently he has made weight once in the ufc against a man named joshua weems uh so yeah i guess there's that guys um again absolutely unacceptable the man has only made weight one time in his ufc tenure it's it's again it's really hard to compliment him when he missed weight that three pounds makes a huge difference when you're weighing in at 135 pounds guys like that's over two percent of your max like total fucking body weight. So the the man is two point two two percent over weight. Um pretty fucking significance. Uh and and also as Mad Max meridian pointed out, funnily enough, Weems missed weight in that one. So um, you know, maybe he learned something from Weems in that fight, and that's how to efficiently fucking miss weight. uh so C Rod got it done. He did look really good out there again. 92 shots compared to 87, 83 compared to 73 and uh, significant shots. And where it really, really was the the biggest differentiator was the takedowns, right? C-Rod landed three for six takedown attempts. Uh, and he was able to kind of suck the energy out of Cameron Simon. But the crazy thing is Cameron Simon, even though he should have had no energy, the man was still throwing lead. In the third round, he was throwing spinning back kicks. Uh, he threw a couple of really nice spinning back kicks to the body that I I always kind of like fanboy out over because my spinning back kicks are absolute fucking garbage. Um, so I love seeing people that throw those effectively and truly at Bantamweight right now, he's one of the better kind of spinning shit throwers that there are in the division. Uh, he does, he just, like, I'm not saying he throws the strongest or the biggest shots, right? But he throws shots that are not... They have no tell. There's no setup. So they're just very quick. You don't see them coming. And he mixes them in with the rest of his overall striking and stand-up game so damn well. I mean, it's just, it's brilliant to watch. Um, So here I am complimenting Cameron Simon more than I'm complimenting his, uh, his, his opponent who defeated him, C-Rod, again, because C-Rod missed weight. But... We don't want to play favorites here. C-Rod did get the win as much as I don't like the fact that he uh, got it by missing weight. uh, What should be next for him? C-Rod is someone who has now dismantled not one, but two up and comers. If you don't remember, this is the young man that beat 18 year old Raul Rosas Jr. So what should be next for him? Again, I think we should push him into the top 15. Adrian Yanez is right on the edge of 15. Just got bumped down one notch after that loss. I think, obviously C-Rod didn't come out of that fight unscathed or scotch-free, so to say. He took some damage, guys. He took some big fucking shots. He's going to need some time to heal up, too. Um, I'm not mad at seeing that fight play out. I think Adrian Yanez will be a fun matchup for him. And if he can get past an Adrian Yanez, that boy's top 10 material, folks.
2: Sheesh. You're right, man. He has all the makings. Like I said, he looked good in there. He looked poised, looked well-rounded. I mean, that fight... For anybody that's under 25 years old that that's a clinic of of what you want to strive for at that age with that kind of iq and that kind of talent and those skills come on but to that we do gotta do a shot because ah, we were wrong about
1: it i know you're wrong about (laughs) cheers (laughs) to better decisions Um, and <clears throat> Mad Max: Meridian. I feel like you'll probably get a kick out of this, since I can tell you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, obviously. So this is something that uh, my fiance saw online and just had to get me for my office, my home office. <clears throat> yeah, big so the sick,
2: guy. so big Vegeta guy.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, I literally have that above my little my little backdrop. You know what I'm saying? Vegeta! Let's go! And of course, this guy right here, the Goku to my Vegeta.
2: Let's go. Battle tested, let's baby. Go. Let's go! You this know is the now boys. a Dragon
1: Ball Z podcast. On the next <laughs> episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, no filter.
2: <laughs> there is a new Dragon Ball Z coming out. We should break it down in an episode.
1: Oh, dude, facts. facts. Um, we're, we're definitely going to be doing that. I'd be down to do a weekly breakdown of that once it starts coming out.
2: Might have to, might have to. Let's get it. Let's get it. Oh, dude,
1: Broly was fucking amazing. Broly, oh, yeah. oh, the Broly, yeah. The first Broly movie, A, loved Broly. He was yes. fucking just absolutely OP as all get out. Um, hated Vegeta. That was the one time I despised Vegeta ever. Um, I
2: feel it. They made him look he was, like a real douche.
1: He was so pathetic. He's like, how, how can I compare to him? He's the legendary Super Saiyan. What? he's real. It's like he saw that
2: freaking, like he saw a Sasquatch. Like, what the hell? Okay,
1: come on. Yeah. And then of course, but that of one course has like a special
2: my- place in my heart though. As always, oh, I mean, sex, that one's a great movie. Yeah.
1: My dad's favorite character was always Piccolo. So like he fucking ate it up. He's like, yeah, why is Vegeta being such a little bitch? Piccolo's the fucking man. And then Piccolo does that shit where he just picks him up and drops him. He's like, if you're just going to, if you're just going to sit there, then don't stand in the way. Drops and shit. Sick. Um, honestly, that movie was amazing. Also, since we're on the topic of the first Broly movie, as Ariel Hawani says, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that that was by far the coolest Super Saiyan transformation for trunks I've ever seen, or any Super Saiyan. Um, you have the lineup of them all going Super Saiyan, and then When Trunks goes Super Saiyan, he's wearing the Capsule Corp jacket and the fucking black wife beater. Literally the reason I have like probably 12 fucking black wife beaters um, and I always wear them as undershirts. Dude literally just, uh, flexes, goes Super Saiyan, and the Capsule Corp jacket just literally fucking incinerates from the flex. Bro, like everyone else's clothes intact, Trunks is like, fuck this jacket. It was amazing. Um, So sick. Black beater time. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, let me show off the guns. It's Tuesday. Tuesday's with the guns. Uh, So, so yeah, obviously that scene stuck with me for the last fucking 20 years. (laughs) And in other anime news, Yu Yu Hakusho is not only getting a Netflix live action adaption, but I heard today Yu Yu Hakusho is getting a reanimation remake. They're doing a fucking reanimation remaster of the original series. I am so fucking stoked, bro. I'm so stoked. Nice. And I'm also 90% sure that Megan the Stallion likes Yu Yu Show. She posted like three things on Instagram with the Yu Show Hakusho intro music. And I'm exponentially more of a fan of hers now. So there jumping back into the fights. <laughs> um, we on do have note. a few more fights to go over on that note. Andre Petroski coming in against Michelle Pajeda. Michelle Pajeda coming up. In weight, Uh he has found a new home at middleweight. I I gotta tell you, I I couldn't have seen this going more differently. Um like I just I couldn't I couldn't have seen it going more differently. I don't know what else to say. Um did you bet on Petrovsky too in this one? No, I
2: definitely was leaning Michelle. I mean, not only for the name. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I think this is a good example, though. This is a good uh, lead off to where you're, and you're I'll hearing you this. You're hearing this narrative. Appreciate you, brother. You're hearing this narrative a lot nowadays about how welterweights are able to go up to middleweight and they're having quite a bit of success. Michelle is another example of that. A lot of these guys are tweeners. There is that 15 pound gap, so you know they're c- trying to kill themselves to get down to one seventy. Uh, one seventy, but now that he's in there, and and again, this is somebody that really isn't as disciplined in the octagon who knows how disciplined he is outside the octagon but what we did see was somebody who was at probably the proper weight class and who is explosive as an athlete as you'll ever see and i think the one caveat here is i mean granted the fight lasted you know uh what a minute long i believe there you go brother cheers um I didn't need long to showcase his skills, but that whole minute and six seconds that the fight lasted, Michael was locked in, looked patient, found his opportunity, punched through the high guard of his glove, which I mean, four ounces and his fist really isn't much. Basically made him slap himself in the face, but uh, that's all it took. And uh, next thing you know, he was out of there. Well, I see you brother. Right, now that you're warmed up, man, how'd you feel about it?
1: Warmed up. I'm fucking gassed. I'm just <laughs>
2: I'm <laughs> fat, <fried, Dude>. brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, dude. I'm a bottle rocket, bro. I don't last long, but it's fucking exciting while I'm up. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, jumping into this fight, uh, speaking of it doesn't last long, but it was exciting while it lasted. Andre Petroski, poor guy. He landed zero strikes in this fight. And that's something you never want to see. I think the last time I saw someone land zero strikes in a fight was i don't know maybe cm punks in his first fight against mickey gall uh which mickey gall was obviously afraid of the stand-up of cm punk i think we can all admit that's why i instantly shot for the double leg uh so jumping into more more serious matters andre petroski self-proclaimed best wrestler in the middleweight didn't even shoot for a takedown uh he didn't have time to he ate six strikes and that's all she wrote folks uh as as joe rogan would say the lights go out in georgia um i hated it you hated it your mom's neighbor hated it everybody hated to see it except for fucking nano over here who's smiling his way to the bank um it sucked to see personally i think michelle pejeda is not only does he look like the villain from undisputed three I'm not talking about the UFC game. I'm talking about the movie with Yuri Boyka. 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 Um, this guy, I, I've seen him act like a villain, like in, in his fight against Tristan Connolly and other people. He gets people knocked down. He does front flips and back flips half the time. Accidentally kicks them in their dick. Uh, it's not a good look. It's not a good feel. It's not a good vibe. Uh, it's not. It's not what's hot in the streets. It's not what the kids are doing. Uh, so again, did I love the the performance? Absolutely. Did I love who got the performance? Nah, not really. But I did my shot, and that's okay. So, moving into what should be next for this young man, he's a middleweight now, guys. Uh, Love it or hate it, this is where he's at. And I think he's actually found a true home. Hopefully, he can continue to make weight here and not be uh, just a massive weight bully. Um, Now what do I think his middleweight career holds? Do I think he can beat Deshaun Strickland's, Israel Adesanya's, DDP's, of the world, as uh, Paolo Secret Juice Costa would say? Um, I don't. But I think it's a fun match for a Chris Curtis. Uh, I think it's a fun match for an Andre Muniz. I think it's an even funner match for a Paul Craig. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it all. um, sign me up like those are my three names that come to mind for him Uh, I'm not sure if you have any names on the tip of your tongue for that one but at this point I've spent about eight times as long talking about the fight as the fucking fight itself lasted so I'm gonna go ahead and pass it over to you brother
2: nah man I mean I think we like you said maybe we both can move along here didn't take much uh, we've covered 10x what the fight was (laughs) lengthwise but yeah man I agree with you I think any of those three names would be solid sign me up
1: Sorry, I'm I'm glad I was on mute. I was like hyena laughing at Mad Max Meridian's uh, chat comment here. He said, Barf City, population, you boy. I hedged, but damn. Um, Yeah, man. Yeah, same vibes. Same vibes, brother. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Another, Another banger in the chat here from Mad Max. In the remake of Deuce Bigelow, Anik is playing Deuce and Michelle is playing the original Gigolo. I don't think I've actually ever heard a better comparison. That's incredible. Um, I'm here for it. Actually, the only thing that I could say would make it better, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one better, Mad Max. I'm gonna say if they remake Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo, Michelle is definitely playing the original Gigolo. But Ariel Helwani is playing Deuce.
2: Come on, uh, Ariel. Okay, yeah, I can see it. I can see it.
1: <laughs> I think John would be too powerful. He'd be like, "And now is the time that we're gonna have sex." Like it just <laughs> it's too it's too good. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, wait, no, that's is that is that Anik? No, that's, oh, I guess that's that could be Goldberg.
2: Huh? Oh, that's Goldie. That is Goldie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Here we go. And would be better in Eddie Griffin's role. Oh my God. He yes. would be. Yes. The only problem with that would be that I, I think maybe the audience would think that Anik and Helwani were like brothers from different bizarro universes. <laughs> all right. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop all am ahead. Um, whoops i got so excited i muted myself yeah i don't want anik to unfollow me on uh fucking twitter (laughs) uh so uh moving ahead into the only fight that i thought was possibly as exciting or more exciting than good old c rod coming in against africa's own cameron saiba man jonathan martinez coming in against adrian yanez now we gotta we gotta make sure we say this right Nano. OK, it's not yep. Yanez anymore. It's Yanez. And he actually changed the pronunciation of this for his child, um, because this is the original way that it was pronounced in in, in their cultural history. History. So it's no longer Adrian Yanez. It is Adrian Yanez. Uh, and we will pronounce it as such. Now, that being said. Not all, let's take the lead on this one, brother. Tell us how you felt.
2: Well, I already poured out my shot, so I'll happily uh end with the shot here that I have to take. You know, a little be- piece of humble pie. We like to call it around here. Um, but yeah, man, Adrian y- Yanez simply did not have an answer for uh, the late kicks and the kickboxer that this Jonathan Martinez is. This is an absolute dog. OK, there's nothing around. No if ands, or buts. The dude, earned my respect, I mean, those leg kicks were absolutely filthy, brother. We're talking about 29 out of 41 leg kicks landed over those. uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And two and a half rounds. This guy was just destroying Adrian's leg. In the first round, he already knew it was compromised. All it takes is one good calf kick. But again, I knew that was going to be the issue. I was just hoping Adrian was going to be able to make some adjustments, whether it was just trying to check some of them or like he did at times, you know, getting in and out of range or just freaking throwing a few of your own. You, you, yeah. You landed one, but brother respond. If you're going to eat one, at least give one back or something, you know, you fake it till you make it. you know, we, we know you're a great boxer. We know you have hands, but Hey, you got to adapt. You got to evolve a little bit. I wish I would have seen a, something different, you know, whether it's some Muay Thai, whether it's some kickboxing or just frankly, better offense. I mean, he had zero defense as well. I mean, it was tough. It was a tough outing. I gotta eat my words here. I'm gonna uh take my shot here in a second, but end it with hey John Jonathan Martinez is no freaking joke. This dude is a dog. He's somebody that has definitely made a name for himself. And if I'm being honest, man, I mean I'm looking at this division, which again, a lot of dogs here. But I like a Song Yadong at seven there. Maybe you throw him up to the to the wolves and see if he could sink or swim. What do you think, brother? I should say the shark tank. The sink or swim efforts would have been better with that. So I'm gonna go with Throw him in the shark tank. See if he can see or swim.
1: Well, I I mean, I'll tell you right now I'm getting, I'm getting super excited guys. I'm getting super excited about this prospect in Jonathan mother, Martinez, the dragon Jonathan Martinez guys. He's an absolute just man. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think there's even a better word for it guys. Like he is a stud. I will agree with exactly what Mad Max Meridian said again, bringing the fire in the fucking chat here. Marvin Manueff versus Robbie Lawler vibes minus the comeback. If you haven't seen that fight, again, sign up for the seven-day trial of UFC Fight Pass. We are not sponsored by them. It's just a great fucking service to have if you're a fight fan, I'll be honest. Um, Watch that fight. It's a fantastic fight. Um, Fun fact, Last I think it was last week or week before, Uh, They were teaching us inside low kicks in our Muay Thai class Uh, because we go into the basic beginners uh, Muay Thai classes with Mary. She just got into MMA or as, as far as training goes. So she's learning how to throw these new things. Right. And we're throwing the inside low kick. And the coach basically says, like, there's a couple ways you can absorb this, one of which the best way, in my opinion, is to let your leg loosely hang and let it kick up when you absorb the kick and you think about it and as a casual fan you're watching and you're like man, Marv's tearing this motherfucker's legs up every time he lands his legs like whoosh whoosh, just flying off like if it's a video game his legs flying off the fucking screen bro, it's disappearing, he's he's shooting that shit up so far but he's alleviating the pressure it's like the way the Diaz brothers, one of the, one of my favorite attributes of Nate or Nick Diaz, and especially their older fights, um, and, and even in Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul, I saw it happening a fucking number of times, pretty much one for one. Every time Jake would throw a land a strike, I would see this happen. So when a strike lands, instead of it just hitting, they turn with it. So that way it rolls off to an extent and they don't absorb the full heat of the punch. It's more like they're absorbing anywhere from 10 to 40 percent of the punch versus 90 to 100 percent of the punch. Uh, So, again, absolutely incredible. Mad Max Meridian said a floating front. We called it back in the dizzy when I did a little scrapping. So love that the floating front is definitely a great call um you have the floating front or the weighted front depending on what you have i've heard it called the floating front as well love that you've heard that term Uh, so the floating front is when you're absorbing an inside leg kick the weighted front is or the heavy front is when you're absorbing a outside leg kick so you want to absorb the front um otherwise known if you're dc at aka he called it the lazy man check uh so (laughs) the way DC put it and I thought it was perfect is he's like look takes a real long time to get the muscle memory to lift your leg off the line like that and actually check a kick so you do the lazy man check and we're all what the fuck is that and he's all well you put all your body weight on the front leg and you let them eat into that leg but you're tensing up the muscle so it's almost like rubber their leg bounces off it also sets them up to eat a shot so if you're willing to eat that shot it's going to hurt a little bit but it's not going to hurt like maybe 50% as much as it should hurt if you didn't tense up and lean your leg into it. You eat that shot, pow, and then you fucking connect, son. So, again, and yes, you're right, Matt Max. DC would we'll call it that. So, like, that's, like, to my knowledge, that's what like most of the people call it an AKA, though. Uh, but I'm sure DC started that shit, let's be honest. Call a spade a spade here on the MMA nominally no filter show. So, again, you can do a couple different things. So, in that Marvin Manoa fight, he was letting his leg just launch off the line and it looked aesthetically like manu was murdering him let's just again be honest and then of course we all know how that ended if we've seen the fight Lawler dipped and then boom landed the overhand right if i remember correctly knocked him out i think it broke his nose you saw the blood gushing out as he hit the ground and it was just a one-shot game changer so this fight was exactly like that minus the comeback and one other thing mad max there was one other thing that was big mainly different now i love adrian yanez i'm actually an adrian yanez fanboy that being said he simply didn't do things right in this fight um i'm i don't want to jump on the the bandwagon of people that are hating on him saying he didn't train appropriately for this fight he didn't he didn't game plan for the leg kicks but i mean here's the thing if you know you are going to absorb leg kicks in a fight you have to learn some form of either leg checking lazy checking or floating leg, right? Like you gotta know at least the basic versions of that. If you can't check and get your leg off the center line or up for that matter and tense that that kind of shin bone to to make it just sword versus sword, which if you haven't done that, it fucking sucks. It's the worst thing in the world. I would, I would rather be leg kicked than go bone to bone and and just check like that. It's the worst feeling in the world. Um, He didn't do any of it. He just ate the leg kicks and it was bad right like if he would have had the floating leg i truly think that he would have been able to take some of the steam off those kicks but the biggest issue when you're going against someone like jonathan the dragon martinez is like a dragon you know dragons they can come at you from land or they can fly and this man he's no different he can come at you high he can come at you low uh he can come at you in between he can hit the body he can hit the head and more importantly even when he's hitting the leg think about this nano there are eight points of contact just in leg kicks. So, for a casual fan, they think, well, if he's only going to go after the legs, I only have to worry about blocking one thing. No, son. Eight. You have to worry about blocking fucking eight things. Okay. Boom. Outside leg kick. Boom. Inside leg kick. Outside leg calf kick. Inside leg calf kick. Now, all four of those for the lead leg. There's eight different things you have to worry about blocking. So it's sensory overload. When you have someone that's able to efficiently target and and just fire off shots to any of those eight targets, because for a conventional fighter, or as you like to hear me say, like a meat and potatoes style striker, they're simply not doing that at best. There's two points of contact for leg kicks for, for rudimentary like style striker. And that's your base outside leg kick and your base lead, like outside kick. Cause they're just not technical enough to go inside. And they're also not smart enough or not, not I don't wanna say not smart enough, but not experienced or tenured enough to go to the calves. So I, I truly think that Jonathan Martinez is, is one of those guys that everyone, every single person in the division should wholeheartedly be afraid of and worried about. Um, I, and again, I say this with all due respect, all the way up to the very, very top of this division, I think um, he is potentially the worst matchup in the entire UFC for Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley has been beaten by what? A leg kick. Yeah. Who has the best leg kicks in the whole fucking division?
2: That guy. Right now, man, he is definitely up there. That guy is definitely up there.
1: Although <clears throat> do you were better? Like um, under, underneath him, Al Sterling. Worst matchup for him, I would say Jonathan Martinez. Jonathan Martinez has stellar wrestling negation. We've seen it happen. We've seen him stuff takedowns. And what makes it extremely fucking hard to land strikes as an orthodox striker or land takedowns? Losing your legs. <laughs> so... <The> facts. Facts. <laughs> Uh, let's see what Mad Max said here in the chat the longer it gets from Saturday the more I'm slowly becoming convinced he underestimated them he said in interviews they prepped for it but the complete lack of addressing them for the first few makes me think he felt it would be a a non-issue I could be completely wrong on this take no I actually think you're completely right on this take Mad Max as usual I think you're right on the money here Um, yeah I mean if if that fact were a nail I think you would have drove that nail in one hit with the hammer my guy right on the money So before we move forward in this fight, what do you think before I take the uh, the steam here? Do you have a name on the tip of your tongue here for the dragon?
2: Uh, I think I mentioned Yudong Song, maybe uh, he's ranked seven and you know, that's a young talented fighter who is going to be willing to trade off with the Jonathan Martinez. I think stylistically, it'd be really, really fun. Um, Yudong hasn't fought since April, I believe. Um, but again, I mean, anybody in this top 10, man, is super talented. Anybody in the top 15 will be fun. He just beat Giannis, obviously, though. Um, and then I think he, you know, was willing to go down ranking previously here to fight Adrian. Maybe you reward him by going, um, allowing him to face someone that is above him. I mean, Pedro Munoz coming off the laws. Dom Cruz, I mean, you just would be fun stylistically, but I'd be tough to watch. I mean, Rob Font, I think he's booked. Or no, well, he just re- recently lost. I guess Rob even, potentially. But my initial thought, Song Yedong at seven. A little bit of a jump, but that'd be a fun one stylistically. And I think he earned it. Jonathan Martinez, that is.
1: I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I'm going to be honest. I might have to ban Mad Max Meridian from the fucking chat. People are going to think I'm just copying his, what he says in the chat, dude. Like, I swear to God, I have this written down. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Yan. I think Peter Yan would actually be the best matchup for him. And I know... That this fucking guy, Mad Max Meridian, calling, calling him out, man. He uh, he said it in the chat. Great call, my guy. Um, and I know, again, this is a huge jump for him. He's sitting at number 11. He already jumped up two notches. He was sitting half-delay at number 13 before this fight. But he's gone up to number 11, and I think, why not pole vault this fucking guy? You know, you've heard me numerous episodes, guys, say, I hate the Icarus Effect. I think it's the worst thing you can do to a fighter, but... I think it's appropriate. I think it's apropos, as they say, uh, to, to just give this guy a fucking pole vault and let him launch himself up against number five. Peter, no mercy, yawn. And there's multiple reasons for this, guys. It's not just one, not just two, not just three. It's a fucking myriad of reasons. But I'll go ahead and list them off for you just because I know you're here to listen. So, Peter, no mercy, yawn, fighting out of Yakair, Russia. I know I butchered the fuck out of that, and that's okay. Um, he fights out of Archangel Michael Club. Crazy name for a gym. Just got to go ahead and say that. Um, now, why do I think this is a great matchup, though? That's what you're here for. You're here for the juice, right? Not the Rhine So, going to give you some juice. This man's sitting at number five, even though he's coming off of three back-to-back losses. Aljamain Sterling, Sean O'Malley, Mirab Devalishvili. All three beat him. All three decision wins. Now, to me i know decision wins aren't exciting they're not sexy they're not what's hot in the streets they're not what the kids are doing everybody wants a fast finish okay unless you're in bed and that's okay uh but here's the thing in my humble opinion when you get the long finish you go to the decision you have three people who see the fight differently say yep no doubt about it this guy destroyed you um I think that's more demeaning and that's a bigger victory so this man's coming off of three back-to-back losses like that okay to marab sean and Algermain. and he's sitting at, at at number five okay in his last seven fights the man has three wins one over jose aldo retired one over uriah faber retired and one over Corey sanhagen granted that's a fire win as a fire fucking win i just don't think he won that fucking fight i thought the judges got it wrong I think there's a problem with MMA judging, but that's going to be a different episode. So, coming off three back-to-back decision losses, that's reason number one. Reason number two, stylistically, these two gentlemen make a hell of a fucking fight. You got one man who fights in a traditional Muay Thai-style fighting. The only difference from a traditional Muay Thai-style of fighting is he he's very, 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 very flat-footed compared to most traditional muay thai strikers, most traditional muay thai strikers are like bouncy bouncy. They like to do what what like Tomas gave me the coach Tomas Dion from AKA gave me the best description of this, like why muay thai fighters bounce their lead leg. Um and some of them, the better ones, might I say, uh do it in a more dare I say crazy velocity filled manner like bounce, bounce 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 versus bounce bounce. And the way he put it is this: so if that lead leg is flat, um, it's harder to drive it up. And I know I know you're thinking like, what's the difference in it being flat versus it bouncing and then going flat and then jumping up? Um, and he said, if you have a bouncy ball, like a rubber ball, and Nano, feel free to play along here and answer because I don't know if I've told you this one. Um, if you have a bouncy ball and you let it go, what happens?
2: It'll hit off the ground, bounce back up a little
1: bit, right? It'll hit off the ground, bounce up to them. That, that's a logical answer. Now, what happens if that same bouncy ball, instead of just letting it go, you slam it into the ground?
2: It'll have a lot more velocity. That thing will shoot up to the ground, uh to the sky, to the moon.
1: Or to a fucking ribcage. <laughs> if it's a kick. So, oh yeah. Right on the so sternum. So that's the point behind that that lead bouncy leg, right? You want it to bounce and then boom. Just snap around. So it also makes it hard to catch timing, etc., things like that. Peter Yan doesn't do that. In fact, I would venture to say Jonathan Martinez does that more than Peter Yan does, even though Peter Yan is the Muay Thai traditional style fighter. I would say the, the weirdest thing about Jonathan Martinez is this. He fights like a boxer from a video game that you added leg kicks to. It's just weird. Like he doesn't fight like a traditional tie fighter. He doesn't fight like a, like a, he fights again more like a traditional boxer. But his leg kicks are fucking gross. Like I don't, I can't think of a better word for them. They are just they're disgusting. They're disgusting. And he can choose the the kind of momentum in them. He can choose the speed and the power in them. He can hit you with like three of them just. And then right when you least expect it, he hits you with that fucking anime, like calls out the name of his finisher moving and you're just done, dude. Like it's fucking wild. Uh, we saw it happen on Saturday. So I want to see what happens to the flat footed Peter Yan when he's throwing these heavy strikes like he did against Uriah Faber, like he did against Jose Aldo when someone's chewing his legs up and just chopping the trees like they're fucking abraham lincoln or was it george washington i don't know one of those presidents either way the man's got an axe for a leg and he's chopping those trees do you do you like that fight
2: i love it brother i love it i like it a lot it's a good one brother like it a breakdown
1: lot. uh so all right moving into the next one here and, and I got to say, guys, I don't know if you remember or if you tuned in last week, but if you didn't make sure you check out the YouTube or the Twitch, wherever your preferences or Spotify, Apple podcast, whatever your preference everywhere. is, go ahead, go ahead and listen to the last episode. I literally said that that was going to be what happened. I said that he was going to chew the legs up, chop the trees, and that it was going to ultimately slow down the boxing onslaught of Yanez. And, um, that he wouldn't know what to do. I think pretty much all those fucking things came to fruition. Um, I'm and I, I don't quote me on this, but I may or may not have even said that I thought he might get a fucking leg kick stoppage. I'm like 90% sure I did say that last episode, but I digress. Uh, Nano already did his shot, so <laughs> that's, that's all she wrote. Uh, moving into the next one, we had Jennifer Maya coming in against Vivian Araujo, and again. I knew Vivian Araujo had had trouble against um, lesser opponents in the past. I don't want to say lesser opponents. Different opponents in the past. We know that she had that loss to uh, Amanda Hibas. We know she had that loss to Caitlin Chukagan. But as I pointed out before, guys, she got the win over Andrea KGB Lee. And I thought Lee is not better, but about the same the same level of skill as Jennifer Maya. Just a different kind of trajectory or vertical of where that skill lies so this fight went pretty much exactly as i thought it would i thought vivian araujo would end up being the fresher gal she did land less significant strikes in this fight uh and, and i mean this one could have gone either way as far as decisions go but i still actually thought the judges got this one right for a change i thought vivian araujo did just enough to win the fight um would have been happy if she did a little bit more but again i digress i thought the judges got this one right nano Did this one deliver on your terms or uh, what were your thoughts? Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say it as a co-main event, it was maybe a little underwhelming. Um, Did I did I expect fireworks? It's tough to say in women's mixed martial arts. You never really know what kind of fight you're going to get. You know, if they're going to be out there willing to exchange, then sometimes it can be potential fight of the night every time. You know, 60% of the time it works every time, essentially. Um, But in this case, yeah, I I wasn't expecting too much, but I would say Viviana uh, Araujo did look better. The numbers may not certainly suggest that, but I do think the control time, the clinch time, and her ability to take her down two out of the six attempts, uh, just a little bit more of a well-rounded showing by um, Arujo. But um, yeah, I think she did just enough. And and like we were mentioning going into this fight, she's a little bit younger, a little bit more explosive, and just looked a bit stronger than Jennifer Maya.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, If if this fight taught me anything, uh, it taught me two things. It taught me that Vivian Arujo has uh, a hell of a gas tank, and that, I mean, I should probably do the dictionary pronunciation breakdowns for UFC names.
2: I was wondering how long that was, but that
1: was good. It was a good laugh. I, I literally had to hit the stop button. I don't know how long that actual sound clip is. <laughs> but it did feel like it was going on for a while. Uh, <laughs> so uh what's next for Vivi? Uh Vivian Araujo. Um man, Mano Manowitz. Uh this was this is a great fight for her. I feel like beating Jennifer Maya. A hell of a name in the women's flyway division in my humble opinion here and i think that what's next for her is honestly there's a lot on the table uh jennifer maya before this fight was sitting at number nine they essentially swapped places uh vivian vivi araujo was sitting at number 11 now they are swapped so vivi is at 11 or at number nine and then jennifer maya is at 11 what do i think should be next for her? there's a couple of names that i think make a lot of sense for her um, as far as this specific division, now the question is, are they already matched up in fights, et cetera? There's one woman that I think is not matched up in a fight that I don't think would say no to fighting down a couple rankings. And that's Macy Barber. Um, I was someone that used to talk crap about Macy Barber, not because I didn't like her, not because I didn't like her fight style. And I'm not jumping on the train because I met her in person at fight week and she was super sweet. Um, Maybe a little bit. I mean, that definitely helps. But, uh, being completely honest, the only reason I didn't, didn't like her is because she went by the whole, the future. She said her goal in the UFC was to get the belt at a younger age than John Jones. Blah, 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 blah. No, no. Going to go back to the uh, the good old glory days when we first met each other. Yelp. The Yelp San Francisco office. Uh, There's something that I was taught by one of my sales managers that I honestly like don't agree with her methods. She's a fucking beast as a sales manager. But one of the things that she taught me that still sticks with me to this day that I know I had to have told you at least five times on fucking Bart is this. Don't look out the window at others because you'll only be jealous. Instead, look in the mirror at yourself and focus on growing 1% better every day. Right? Because if you look outside the mirror, you'll always find reasons to get upset. If you look at the, or if you look out the window, you'll always find reasons to get upset. If you look in the mirror, you will just find reasons to better yourself. So Macy Barber, she was she was looking out the window, she was looking at John Jones, she was looking at this person, and she rushed things as a result of that. Right? Like she we saw her take fights too early in her career. Roxanne Mataferi, Alexa fucking Grasso in 2021. Maybe a bit too fast there, honey, buddy. Uh, so slow down a little bit, and you will probably, I don't know, rack up a five-fight win streak over Miranda Maverick, Montana De La Rosa, Jessica Evil Eye, Andrea KGB Lee, um, and I don't know, Amanda Hibas who's up, on the, up, uh, up and up. So again, I think Vivian Araujo versus Macy the future barber is a very, very fun matchup. And um, if, if for whatever reason you don't love that one, I think lucky Lauren Murphy probably takes the fight. What you got, Nono? Uh,
2: you just ended with one of my names. There was Lauren uh, Lucky Murphy. You know, at, at 40 years old, she's, you know, on the tail end of her career there, but she does have that number seven name next to her. Um, I do think that Vivian Arujo uh, that'd be a, a fun matchup at 36 years old. Makes sense. But honestly, Mad Max here, uh, not a bad idea throwing in a little Tracy Cortez in the chat. That could be a fun one Leave the Waffle House, <laughs> the waitress alone, uh, Laura Murphy. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> what do you think, brother? What are some names that you're thinking?
1: I'm just going to say that like, a lot of people throw that out there, you know, like they call Laura, lucky Laura Murphy, the Waffle House waitress. Like, that's an insult, bro. You find me one person that doesn't like Waffle House and I'll find you a fucking liar.
2: I mean, have you not watched World Star or TikTok? Do you see all the crazy stuff that's going down at a Waffle House? I'm sure she learned a lot there.
1: Brother, fun fact, fun fact. For all you folks in the chat, just so you know what kind of redneck I am, all right? I grew up in the ghetto parts of Louisiana. You know what I would do at a Waffle House, son? I'd go up in that bitch and I'd put four quarters in the jukebox and I'd choose at least two NSYNC songs just to see what people reacted like.
2: No way. Text. Which ones would you do?
1: <laughs> I mean... I want you back. Um, no, um, it's gonna be back. Oh, no, there you like, go. Honestly, okay. any any of the NSYNC yeah, songs, yeah. I just put yeah. them on, bro. Rock yeah.
2: your body. Well, I mean, that's Backstreet Boys, first of all. I'm not trying to get us oh, canceled. Oh,
1: shit. It shit. literally is Backstreet back. All right. Um, Come on, bro. Like, If
2: sorry, Amy sorry, was sorry.
1: listening right now, bro, she would have just fucking disowned you for at least a day. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. It's going to be May. I, it, obviously, the song is just going to be May.
1: God damn it. No, no, I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you might be hurt, babe. babe. <laughs> it ain't no lie. <laughs> Send more come and
0: go. <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> I remember you told me. May. uh you come for the mma breakdowns but you stay for the uh lyricizing and the harmonizing and the boy banding uh so jennifer maya versus vivian araju was obviously a very fun fight so fun that it made us belt out in songs um but the next fight may have been fun enough to make us break out and fucking dance to go with the song uh i'll be completely honest with you guys we had uh, a day on Saturday, all right? We had a few things to do, nephew involved. We had some good times. Um, we ended up being in transit during the main event. Not gonna lie to you. Um, I, I did go back and rewatch it for breakdown purposes. Don't you fucking worry your pretty little face, nah, No I see you over there fucking based in the turkey. Uh, so, don't you worry your pretty little face, all right? I was watching this fight on my little cellular device when we were in transit. And um, man, I saw Sadiq Yusuf, to my knowledge, he knocked out Anton Barbosa. Um, He knocked him out and then we lost service and I was like, well, fight's over. That's pretty much all she wrote. He just got knocked the fuck out, uh, and then service came back in, and, and and here's Edson surviving in like the most Edson way, like he was rocking and moving with it while eating fucking big shots the same way that he was in that fight against Tony Fergus. And man, like the the heart was just racing. It was bad. I could feel the intensity in the crowd, and, and then the second round came, and then the third round came, and then the fourth round came, and I'm like. What happened? Sadiq had him. <laughs> like, he was still landing big shots. Do not make any mistake. Like, Sadiq still outlanded him across the entirety of the fight. He landed 206 to 178 in strikes. He even outlanded him in significant strikes, folks. 178 to 164. But I'll be goddamn if he didn't turn Edson Barboza into... I, I'm not going to say he turned Edson into a wrestler. Because I just can't do it. Edson is a legend. Can't do it. He didn't turn Edson into a, a, a wrestler. Didn't happen. But he did turn him into a survivor. Best I'm exact. a survivor. <laughs> um, yeah, he turned him into a fucking survivor. He made it. And I mean, he survived the first round. And then across the entirety of the rest of the fight, that boy made him work. Uh, he he put Sadiq Youssef to work. And I was not mad to see it. But Nanu, dude, what were your thoughts? Like, did you, before you even break down the fight, just let's just, let's start slow here. Okay, let's do a slow burn. Did you think Edson was gonna make it out of that first round?
2: No i I thought it was very shocking that he made it out of there. It was as close as you can get. He was knock knock knocking on heaven's doors uh, because he yeah got put down and um, Sadiq Yusuf man he he tried to jump on him but I would say I believe it was Herb Dean refing if I'm not mistaken. But he gave him every chance that he possibly could, Edson that is, uh, to recover. And as soon as he got himself off the wall and back towards the center of the octagon, he did recover really quickly. So I do got to give Edson props. He's been in there with the who's who's. I don't care how old you get, you know, someone like Sadiq, who looks strong, obviously just may not have that kind of power that, you know, Edson was expecting, or at least maybe once he got rocked a little bit new, okay, I need to turn it up a notch. I ain't going out like this. Uh, and, and ever since then, man, he he really poured it on him. Like you said, I mean, the numbers look a bit wonky, but I think it is because of how dominant Sadiq did look in that first round, which you can argue was 10-8. But then after that, I mean, Edson really starts to steal the show and, and runs away with it. He even drops Sadiq, I believe it was the third or fourth. I'm forgetting. I was just watching it earlier today. But either way, I mean, that was a huge, huge difference in the fight. and. That is a 10-8, in my opinion, for Barbosa, uh, Edson, Barbosa. So y- you can't help but score it in the way that most of the judges saw it, which was unanimously Edson, man, who's defying the father time, looked sharp, man. I- I'd be curious to hear what here is hears next for him because a lot of great names here in the division. Uh, Featherweight stacked. You saw a few of them showcase earlier in the fight card. Um, but I'm curious to hear, man. I mean, it's, it's a murderous row. I don't know what you do with that sin now, man. He really put himself in the conversation, though. What are your thoughts, brother?
1: So, yeah, I'm um, just going to go ahead and address the chat here. Uh, Mad Max said, man, that shit was wild. Facts. Uh, he also said, literally typed out to you, this is hard to watch in between the first and second round, then waited to hit send. I remember seeing that message pop up in the DMs, and I agree. It was fucking hard to watch. Um, I'm just, again, <clears throat> going to wrap myself out here and call a spade a spade here. When I saw that message pop up, um, I opened the fight up again because um, again, I lost service for like a solid minute and I thought that the fight had ended. So I just was like, all right, well, I don't want to hear the post-fight speech. Like, I'll watch it later. I'm sad. And then I saw that message pop out. I was like, whoa, 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 what? It's still going? Uh, so, Turn it back on and um, I'll be damned. I had to rewatch it because, man, missed a lot of action. So crazy thing here is first round Forty-two versus thirteen and strikes landed. Okay, obviously Edson got smoked. Now here's something that a lot of people don't don't realize. Don't look at it home. Okay, you just see one guy getting pelted, one guy not. Both men landed fifty-two percent of their strikes thrown in that round. Yeah, that's a fun fact. Okay, so Edson only threw twenty-five strikes, but he landed thirteen of them. Uh, Sadiq threw eighty and landed forty-two of them. So again. Testimony to grit for sure, Mad Max, in the chat. Um, 52% to 52%. Now, the next round, I actually had Sadiq winning the second round as well. Um, he landed 43 of 80 of his uh, significant stri- or his total strikes compared to 33 of 67. And then as far as significant strikes landed, it was 42 to 31. Um, across round three, four, and five, though, Edson showed his championship material and his veteran medal in coming back taking over and showing that he's an absolute legend of the game and he's still a stud and someone to be trifled with uh, or no one to be trifled with, I should say. So in round three, 32 to 29 significant strikes landed 42 to 29 total round four, forty-eight 48 to 39 total 47 to 35 significant round five, 41 to 30 significant 41 to 40 total. So as the fight went on, no matter whether it was significant or total strikes, Edson Barbosa was getting stronger and stronger and stronger, like a fucking Key Peele skit, folks. Um, the man was pouring it on, and I was there for it. I love to see it. Edson Barbosa is a legend of the sport. As Nano said so eloquently, the division is wide the fuck open. Edson Barbosa is sitting heftily at number 11 now. Um, I believe we were just now talking about someone else that switched number 11 with their opponent. So, again, that was Jonathan Martinez. Edson Barboza switched places with his opponent to an extent. Sadiq is now number 12, Edson number 11. So, let's talk about who's sitting above him and who makes sense for him to fight. Not everybody is willing to fight down. I think we'd have to find an up-and-coming name that it would make sense for them to fight a legend in Edson Barboza. There's only one name that comes to mind, and he's sitting a few ranks ahead of Edson. And I think it'd be a fucking very fun match of kick versus kick. You already know I'm talking about the man who's got a kick named after him. That is
2: spicy. I like it a lot.
1: Tell us who you got on the tip of your tongue, Nano, while I got a shot to take. Because you know I'm on uh, the, the young gun to get it done
2: boy. I know, it. it happens. happens to the best of us. And, um, yeah, Edson's in at 11 now. Giga is a great name. I mean, it is tough to make an argument against that one. I would say the only other one that I'm thinking of, and it's really just because I haven't seen him fighting so gosh darn long, uh, but it's my boy, Calvin Cater. I mean, come on, man. He hasn't fought since October 2022. It's about a year off, brother. With this in mind, I mean, obviously, Edson just fought, so he needs a few months, but... Get back on the card, man. Love to see it. Maybe put him up there in uh, UFC 300. Salud, D. Uh But, yeah, man, Edson Barbosa was able to turn back the uh, father time here. Why not put him up against somebody who is a veteran in the game? But, shoot, man, I mean, this guy's a dog, Calvin Cater. Sign me up for that violence right now.
1: Man, I, I'm not mad at Calvin Cater. That's a fun name I didn't actually think of. Kind of upset I didn't think of that one. Calvin Caters a good one. Um, the only other name I had on my list was Josh Emmett. Question mark? Um, I actually didn't even think to look up if Josh Emmett has anything scheduled. Does he? Do you know? Let's see. I feel like
2: I've heard his name recently, but no, let's he does see. not.
1: Not since the loss to Hylia Okay. Okay. June.
2: Nice. So he's, he's thirty-eight. I think he's, he's ready. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yep.
1: I'm, I'm really not mad at the one that you said either, though. I think that uh, Calvin Cater's a really fun fight. I think it'd be a boxer's delight in that fight. Uh, Edson Barbosa has really been working on his boxing. It's funny how Edson Barbosa and Jose Aldo had very different styles, but similar styles. And they also have very different trajectories, but similar trajectories. Like, both heavy kickers, very different style of kicks. Um, both started getting better at boxing around the same time. <laughs> it's just interesting. Uh, both Brazilian fun fact uh-
2: <laughs> same same but different
1: yeah same same but different but still the same but different uh so that being said guys we obviously did not hit all of our bets here um we've definitely seen better days that's for sure Nano, i want to say yours was pretty bad let's see
2: I don't think that's the one. Whoa, whoa. Let's see. Let
1: me get it to loop here. And I know Yanez
2: and... really is the one that <sighs> did me in.
1: Oh nope, that's an old one there. Boom, boom, boom. Well, well, I don't, I don't know what happened here. I thought I had the I thought I had them.
2: I can pull it up here as well. Either Draft, way, um, DraftKings make me log in.
1: Oh, you know what? Here it is. Boom. Minus picks. Yeah, you had Chris Gutierrez, Cameron Simon, and Adrian Yanez. So Cameron oh boy. Simon lost, Adrian Yanez, three. <laughs> oh Yanez boy. lost, and oh Chris boy. Gutierrez. If it makes you feel any better, uh the only difference is you went you went heavy heavy bet with the +467 parlay, and I went safe safer, uh plus money all around. But Africa's very own Cameron Simon lost it. Irina Alexeva lost it. My, one of my favorite graphics I've put together here, uh, Vivian Araujo, she got it. She got her done. Um, you know, we love to see that. So again, definitely not the best kind of pacing that we've ever seen here, but 1.5 units in, uh, 0. 0.68 units back, not the best week, but not a total wash. We got some money back and we're still playing with plus money from that Errol Spence jr. Bet that we made, uh, quite a, what feels like a fucking eternity ago in bets. But, uh, you know what? Sometimes when you make bets, it makes you want to dance. And you know, other times when you make bets, it makes you want to say what the fuck. Um, <laughs> and that's just the way the game goes. But this week, we're hoping it's going to be another uh, week of dance in here, guys. We're really hoping. Uh, so <laughs> That being said, uh, we failed you guys. So we have one last shot to do. And then we're going to go over something that's worth doing. Honestly, no shots over unless they're just shots of tears uh, for anybody that spent money on the fucking card. We're going to go ahead and talk about Dylan Dennis versus Logan Paul. <laughs> if you uh, two yeah, yeah. we won't be mad uh but cheers to cheers, better decisions brother. this week and tomorrow's episode let's go where was yours Nano? did you already do it
2: i did mine when you were talking i'll do another baby one though because i did feel bad watching you do it
1: oh you know what you don't have to because then because then i'll feel bad watching you do it oh my
2: guy. that's guy. the cookie crumbles
1: fucking, fucking guy.
2: We it was a baby one. one. It was we a baby to
1: one. Do one off air. My, my bottle I grabbed is empty. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, um, probably why I prefaced, uh, not, not worth doing a shot over Logan Paul. That being said, the <laughs> WWE star came out. And, uh, I, I mean, I don't even know if you want to call it fighting Dylan Danis or even boxing Dylan Danis, but it was it Dylan Danis versus Logan Paul was a thing. Uh, that happened. Um, they actually have CopyBox stats on it, which is... That's a thing. <laughs> I, 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 uh, to my knowledge, Dylan Danis had thrown nine strikes going into the fifth round. What? Or landed, landed nine strikes. Yeah, let's see. Two, three, four. Da, 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 da. Yeah, two... Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, he landed nine strikes in the first four rounds.
2: Jeez. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, like that's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a boxing um, fan, it was
2: hard to watch. It was fun. The anticipation, the build-up about it, all was really fun, but the actuality and the skill. It just wasn't there, and Dylan just had no business being in there. I don't know why he decided not to throw anything, but um, Logan, man, I mean, he looks athletic. He, he looked decent, chasing Dylan around there, and the way it ended was perfectly fitting. I'm actually pretty excited about that. Um, so, all around, man, it was entertaining. Again, I was on vacation, so I had to watch all this after the fact, but... Um, yeah, good build up, good way to promote things. Maybe the boxing community can take that away from it. But um, in terms of skills, wasn't that high level, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think in terms of skill, it definitely wasn't that competitive. Um, in totality, Dennis landed 16 punches out of 70 thrown, and Paul landed 108 out of 330 thrown. Uh, so he essentially threw, what, like six times the amount of punches as Dennis? And, I mean, he landed eight times the amount of punches or seven times the amount of punches. So, solid. Uh, total total jabs, um, four <laughs> from Dylan Danis, 31 from Paul. Um, that should pretty much tell you everything you need to know about the fight. Dylan Danis was very much fighting like somebody who saw that Drake placed an $850,000 bet on him to be knocked out and wanted to make Drake lose money uh, for betting against him even though they had met in person. A couple times. Uh, so it very much felt like he was fighting not to lose or boxing not to lose rather than uh, fighting to win. I agree with Mad Max Meridian. Where's a good old lynch mob when you need one? Yeah, 100 um, percent. He also said Evloev and Kadar Giga finished him. So I don't know if he will want the rematch. I don't hate Emmett either. Love that. Uh, I hate the Evloev fight. Just going to call a spade a spade. Don't like that. I don't like that for him at all. Um, Ed Love is just a bad style matchup for him. I do think trajectory-wise and where they are as far as like where their stars lie in the sky makes sense. As a fight fan, I don't want to see it. I think it burns out one of two rising stars, and it doesn't make sense for the UFC to make money. Um, that's just me going into like my sales and marketing brain from like work. Uh, <laughs> so like I, I wouldn't want to burn out a cash a cash cow when I know that like I can have. Them each fight different people and keep making me a lot of money. So <laughs> I don't want to have have fight against Jonathan Martinez. It doesn't make sense to me. Or, or, sorry, Uh, I don't want to have him fight against Anson Barbosa. It just, I, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Anyways, Um, Dylan Danis is the person we're roasting right now. The man landed 12 power punches out of 44 thrown, 77 by way of Paul out of 172 thrown. Um, He had his moments. I will say um, this boxing match was fairly one-way traffic. Again, it was one man fighting to win, one man fighting not to lose. Uh, But that being said, the fact that this was a co-main event was almost as atrocious... As the fact that uh, Vivian Araujo versus Jennifer Mayo was the co-main event instead of Jonathan Martinez and Adrian Yanez, um, I think we can all agree that KSI Tommy Fury was the most unwatchable boxing match in the history of boxing matches. Um, guys, if you guys and gals and fight fans of all shapes, sizes, and, and sexes, if you are watching the video version of this while Nano gives his breakdown of KSI versus Tommy Fury, I am going to go ahead and show you. Exactly what KSI thought boxing was. And for those of you that are listening to the audio only version, I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's jumping jacks.
2: (laughs) I got, I'm just enjoying this as much as y'all are, but this is hilarious to see. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely, yeah. Low level boxing. I mean, KSI Although he felt that he got robbed and he was supposed to win this, the decision, yeah, the jab landed a few times, but overall, it just was lackluster. I mean, I'm glad I was on vacation. I'm glad I didn't have to spend the time actually watching it live. I was able to just go back, get some glimpses of it. I was mentioning how I'm glad I was on vacation because, good, good goodness gracious, that was just low level as it gets. KSI, although he felt like he got robbed and he, you know, landed more jabs, really it was shit on shit. And they both stink. So I don't even care. Uh, Jake Paul is supposed to make an announcement. I hope he's not fighting Tommy Fury Fury again. Do not want to see that at all. I don't even know who I want to see Jake fight at this point. It just, everything about it just has a distaste in my mouth now. Even though Jake looks solid as well, just something about it just, it's kind of lost its luster to me.
1: You know, I can't. I can't argue with that. I. Um, I think it's definitely lost its its kind of allure, its luster. So, luckily, there are people on Twitter. Um, that's it. That's the tweet. There are people on Twitter. Great job. No, uh, <laughs> luckily there are people on Twitter that actually. Do the things that we don't want to do for us so that we don't have to do them now. Luckily, one young young man or, or woman on Twitter who goes by the name of Awareto, um at A-O-U-R-E-D-O-O, they went back and rewatched KSI versus Tommy Fury, so we don't have to. And they uh they did us all a huge favor and they counted the number of hugs in the fight now there were 76 hugs in total in this fight which averages 13 hugs per round okay um i've known nano for a very long time i don't know that we've hugged that that long in the last fucking like six years um but it kind of makes me feel like we should because people that are fighting each other are hugging this much apparently uh, <laughs> so you got KSI, some catching up to do. <laughs> he set an official world record for 13 hugs per round on average, and that's pretty damn solid. Um, I don't want to see the Jake Paul versus KSI fight if for one reason and one reason only. Jake Paul already has a 10-8 on him. Jake Paul fought Tommy Fury and he lost, and he just took it. KSI was kicking LED screens and crying and fucking like blowing his nose like a 13-year-old, bro. Like, that's a 10-8 round for Jake Paul. I'm so sorry for you. Jake has already won the fight. Um, so, again, for those just tuning in, 76 hugs in, in what was supposed to be a boxing match. Again, it was jumping, jumping jacks, jab cross from, honestly, like... One of the worst boxing dances I've ever seen, but to caveat and give KSI his flowers that are well-deserved. Okay. Combat sports fans, arguably one of the best Conor McGregor impressions I've ever seen. Um, I'm talking about featherweight Conor McGregor karate stance. He was, he was doing the bouncing back and forth karate stance, jab cross. Um, and he really thought that that was going to land and do something. And it did one shot actually hurt him, but man, I, I I do agree with Mad Max Meridian here. Feed them both to Mike Perry on the same night. Um, and I also got to say that like Salt Poppy and Slim, again as Helwani says, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about these two because they were the fight of the night on that influencer card. They were the only two that actually showed true boxing skills. It's crazy to me that Helwani was on TV at a Buffalo Wild Wings um, doing commentary. Crazy to me. But I digress. It's the year 2023. Hawani is on Buffalo Wild Wings TVs. Um, Again, Mad Max Meridian in the chat, speaking straight facts. Bro, easily fight of the night. Dude, if you didn't watch Salt Poppy versus Slim, Slimification, Slim Pickens, uh, the, the Slimifier himself, do yourself a favor, bro. Go watch it. It was crazy. These guys were throwing nasty shots. Like one guy would throw a one, two, three. And then I got the throw one, two, and then one guy got, got knocked out, and it was gross. And that was it, it was all over. Um, truly a fantastic fight, one for the Aegis. Uh, I thought, I thought Slim was incredible in that fight. I wasn't putting respect on his name, but uh, being completely honest when I say that, like, I watching that fight, I truly did not think he was gonna beat Saul Poppy, but um he started landing to the body and i saw it slow and saw poppy down i was like uh and i mean again he was stacking coins for a rainy day guys and it paid off he ended up landing real big uh knocked salt poppy down and it looked like salt Poppy was having a a hard time recovering but man super salt poppy went out on his shield as always and then right after the fact gave him his respect of all the people on that entire card um, Hawani included the commentary team, included those two deserve the most respect.
2: Yeah, they definitely earned my respect, and that was definitely the most talent, uh, most entertaining fight to watch, most certainly. Um, maybe even if it wasn't necessarily the highest level of boxing, although you can say some of the strikes we were watching, some of those exchanges definitely were. Not a lot of defense, I guess, is the only thing. I mean, once uh, Slim got tired there, you saw saw Poppy start to pepper him a little bit there with the signature moves and just that southpaw stance. But out of nowhere, man, the Slim, more like the Slim Reaper, like KD out here, man, came out of the woodworks, came out of the depths of, uh, you know, being six feet under and somehow found a second wind, was ripping the body, like you said. And then just started to put together two to three to four punch combos. And next thing you know, Saul Poppy was, uh, he was Saul outlined Poppy because he he got KO'd, man. That was a tough one. Or TKO'd, but still great outing by Slim and just an all-around fun fight. And then I would say um, good class by our boy Saul Poppy as well after the math.
1: So something I, I really noticed just to, to quickly point out, um and I say this as a salt poppy fan, someone that was not a fan of Slim's going into this fight, but I have to say that poppy again, as Mad Max says, uh, handles loss like a champion too. it's impressive. Something that I also personally struggle with like lost losing is heart. Um, it's harder than winning. That's a fact. <laughs> uh, so, salt poppy is someone that handles loss and accepts loss very well. But I, I also have to say that like, this is again, um, something that was absolutely incredible to see slim slimification the hitman alba hair he's an absolute beast i was not a fan of his going into this i am a fan now moving forward and there's reasons that i'm a fan moving forward right um obvious reasons now those reasons are again because the man went in there and did work and not only that but he did work by way of just strategy and and precision and sniper like accuracy i'm gonna go ahead and uh, share my screen here and just play a quick clip of the fight if i can um just gonna go ahead and quick quickly play a uh copyright disclaimer got the backdrop changed out to a chalkboard now let's go ahead and present share screen boom here we go so go ahead and go full screen here boom you guys should see
0: perfect here we go
1: so looking at the way that he lands these strikes one two one two Boom! The way that he pushes the head back here is honestly one of the best things. The quick one-two, when he sees that the guard is wide at the top, we call that laser beams, right? So you got your hands here, so that you're almost like pushing buttons to turn on the laser beams to the eyes, or your laser beam punches, right? So his hands are out the wide stance here. Boom, boom, one-two. As soon as he switches to the the bald fist, I mean, you're in boxing, so they're almost always a bald fist, right? But he has his hands further back which creates the triangle, the triangle, as we call it, right? You can see that when Slim throws that overhand right, it goes right behind the triangle, connects hard, boom, right there. And that's what makes him push the hands right back off to the sides, which sets him up for the one-two again. He was doing this for the entirety of those last two rounds, folks. And again, hard to see, but beautiful to watch, okay? Um, Just absolutely fucking beast mode the guy was getting it done the guy was getting it done in emphatic fashion and you just love to see it folks um i wasn't a fan of his going in to the fight as i said but as mad max said um minimal wasted movement not a ton of wind up or hesitation just pumping knuckles baby um and again whether you're a salt poppy fan or a slim fan and that's the way the news goes you know what i'm saying uh rick sanchez said it best himself that's the way the news goes uh so great fight between those two the rest of the fights on that card i can't really say the same for there was a fucking tag team fight boxing fight on that match um saw that at at, uh not buffalo wild wings (sighs) at good old arcades blips and chits as Rick and Morty would call it. Uh, <laughs> David Buster's folks. Um, but again, great UFC fight night. Not so great influencer boxing fight card. I, I really think that this might end up being the end of influencer boxing in the next year or two. I don't think, I, I think we're hitting kind of a crescendo to it or, or a plateau to it. Uh, and I truly think that... In all honesty, Fight Circus is going to outdo them in the coming years.
2: Fight Circus, what are we? What is is that a different org?
1: Oh, if you haven't see Fight Circus, you got to watch Fight Circus. Ben the Bane Davis commented on their last fight. They had a uh, he he actually leg wrestled a lady boy. I think it was fantastic. You got to watch it. It was great. They had a uh, Siamese twin boxing match where Rampage Jackson put on a uncle Sam oversized outfit where he shared a torso with another ex UFC fighter or not UFC fighter, pride fighter, um, Bob Sapp and they boxed the creators of fight circus and they knocked him out. It was great. Um, it's fantastic. They have two on one fights, three on one fights, boy versus girl fights. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen, uh, but still better than slap box or slap fight. Um, so, he said either of y'all catch old Jake coked out of his gorge standing there listening to Logan do his post fight speech yes um, I honestly haven't seen anybody look that coked out since I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio playing that one fucking con artist in Wolf of Wall Street
2: <laughs> when they were on the lemons <laughs> I'm not fucking <Yeah>. leaving <laughs> yeah that's a good call out I mean that's that's what'll uh that's how you look when you're on a bunch of uh HGH and TRT and peptides and uh and also probably a lot of coke as well (laughs) good call out
1: yeah man uh so again I truly truly think oh let's see what he said he said uh fight circus is wild messy but fun, uh, lol. For real, when people post stuff like that, I usually give the person the benefit of the doubt. I saw that one, I was like, Damn, bro, facts. Fight Circus is definitely wild. Um, yeah, they had like one of the guys that works for the promotion fight two like Thai guys that are like three weight classes smaller than him at the same time, and he was wearing a suit and tie while he was boxing them.
2: Oh my god, just
1: makes for a fucking awesome aesthetic. It looks That's like games crazy. Of New York. It's wild. Um, I'll I'll have to send you a clip after this while uh, I'm paying you back that shot that I owe you. That being said, guys, we've got another episode tomorrow. We usually don't do them back-to-back, but Nano over here had a fucking hell of a weekend. He was a busy guy, and um, we love him for it. We're glad that he got some things checked off the list, crossed some T's, dotted some I's, and uh, got things in the right direction, folks. So that being said... Keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive. Keep on going. Keep on growing. And we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Same time, same place.
0: You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA. And our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.